Hello everybody, welcome to Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of rye, the show of skateboarding, the show of music again. Today we get into some of those Detroit bands like the White Stripes, Proto Martyr. Today's guest is Troy Cooper of Cooper Family Rye, distilled out there in Dripping Springs, Texas, along the same, I'm going to dub it the Texan version of Portland's Distillery Row, out there with the Treaty Oak Ranch, Revolution Spirits, and now... Cooper Family Rye. We talk a lot, Troy and I, about a lot of different things. He's a really cool, really great guy. We talk about design. We talk about bands. We talk about his fondness for rye whiskey in particular and why they determined to do just a rye whiskey. I've had a sip of it now and been able to sample it, although at the time when we were chatting, I hadn't had a chance yet, but he so wonderfully brought a bottle as an early Christmas gift for me. And I got to tell you, it's nice and bright, floral, and it's exactly what you'd want a rye whiskey to be. So without further ado, let's give a listen to my interview with Troy Cooper. Obviously, I've always liked whiskey. Me and my dad and my grandpa and stuff. Were they they in the military at all? Um, No, like my dad was in the Air Force. Yeah. Like after, he was actually, weird timing, he was, uh, he was getting out of the Air Force. So, after World War II, you know, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably same age as me. But as he was getting out, they they like got him and his whatever they call him, little platoon or whatever together. Yeah. Like, hey, look, we're giving big time incentives, man. We have this little thing going on in a little country called Vietnam. Yeah. You would just learn, would teach you how to fly helicopters. Y'all would drop in. Selling it heavy, and my right? I was like, ah, I'm not going down yeah, there. No way. That's I had an uncle, my uncle Bob, he got drafted and he was like, and the rules were like, you didn't have to go if you were married. So he got married. Just and like a, two years later, they changed it. They're like, okay, you don't have to go if you have a kid. So he has a kid. Wow. Then they're like, okay, everyone has to go. And he oh, just dodged it. He went to prison. Did he, he like, really? I'm not going to fight. I'm not fighting for you. It's a, yeah. that's a, man, that's a whole other thing. I think we've gained a lot of perspective on it now. And it but seems back like, then, yeah. Since it was, the, the imagine like the social upheaval where you've got college kids that are getting shot at like Kent and just because they're protesting the war. You got people fighting a war that you can't really win. You know, it's 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 like us stepping into Russia and trying to adapt to that terrain and be have it be to our advantage. Which there's there's no way you can yeah, fight. Yeah. We don't have a jungle, right? There's right. no fucking way. And, and we don't fight, again. We don't fight that way. Yeah, because Vietnamese were like, look, we're small. We don't have many people. We're, we got to make. But we're not count. giving up our yeah. country. Exactly. It's like that that dog in a corner mentality. How do you how do you like strategize for that yeah. at West Point? You know, like, there's well, no they're gonna if we do this, sir, they're gonna do this. Not there's these no guys. Way. There's yeah. no way to write a consistent thesis as to what people will do when they're backed in a corner. You anybody the people all the that rules are, go out the window, yeah, right? Totally it's do. chaos. If you, if it's someone that you love, someone you're close to, your parents put in the 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 worst scenario of which they have to kind of fend for their life in a sense, which is got awful thought. But we just we turn to different people because we got to survive. You well, know? look at the people at nine eleven fucking jumping. Yeah. Oh, I know. Like it's that's a, a deep deep look into the psychological mind of a right. human being, right? And that's the same thing. They're backed in a corner. They're like, I might be able to survive this yeah but not the fire like that's where i th- i remember and still to this day when you think about the people jumping that's yeah. the hardcore it's, it's it was insane. right in our face we were just watching those people fly out. versus right. like oh the building fell down oh there were people in there yeah, yeah but i didn't see that sure it's not as it, graphic and exactly sense. yeah but those people jumping is like that's still just that's it's so crazy right. yeah and who would have guessed that right i know like yeah. you can't even write you know, sometimes that's truth right. is stranger that's than right. fiction. As that's say. right. Like, that's the beauty of. Yeah. It's it's really, really intense. But so you, you know, kind of going back a little bit. So I've, you know, we, we've kind of touched and go and kind of talked and you got into this whiskey business. You know, I'm in the business as well. And I have, I've seen more and more people talking about the rye. 
But you, you know, when you were growing up, were you were you from Austin originally? No. No. Where'd you grow up? I grew up, so I was born in Arizona. Oh, cool. Where about? Uh, in Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, man. I used yeah. to live in Scottsdale. Is that right? Yeah. And my brother was born in Scottsdale. No kidding. My other brother was born in Prescott. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we were Iowans who my dad and my mom were out selling Arizona land, which is funny because they talk about how, you know, back then there was no reason to, but it's like they're selling this land out in the middle of Arizona. Yeah. But now you look at Phoenix, right? Oh, it's, it's that, that's massive. the biggest sprawl. Yeah. One of the biggest sprawls I've ever seen. And, uh, so yeah, they were out there selling. They le- they left Iowa and went out to Arizona to sell land. Like in Phoenix proper? Or? Phoenix and Prescott Valley. Prescott. Yeah, they which kind is of beautiful. developed Prescott Valley. Yeah, yeah, really beautiful area. So uh um so yeah, they, they were Iowans. I lived in Iowa for a little while after Arizona, and then my mom, her big dream, her when her and my father split was she wanted to live in San Francisco. Yeah. So she took us out there. How, when, how old were you when your folks split? Uh I was Three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some some damage, but my brother's got the mitigate. damage. Yeah. I was like Is it older brother, older brother, two older brothers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm the youngest of three brothers. Uh, you know, yeah. I didn't I didn't notice it as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're too young. To, you're just yeah, absorbing just, it all. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Where my brothers definitely like one of my brothers still tries to have a relationship with my dad, and that's yeah. a whole other story. Sure. My dad's kind of like a uh, when people ask about my dad, I say you know that song. Uh, papa was a rolling stone uh-huh. exactly describes him no kidding yeah he got into like a lot of religion and stuff yeah. as this kind of like con man tool to never work like just yeah 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 what is it paper moon is that the movie i'm thinking where ryan o'neill is he's the he he's a grifter and doing all these kind of pranks and stuff it's a, it's an old movie I'm oh yeah i don't know that one yeah no. it's pretty it's, it's good it's about that it's about grifting there's a simpsons episode about grifting right love grifting yeah i'm into it <laughs> But is he so? Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like later on, years later, we would we keep finding these illegitimate half brothers, yeah, like from crazy, my dad and stuff. Crazy. Yeah, he's, he's just, Where, did he stay in Arizona or Iowa? He's he's actually in yeah Prescott Valley right now. Okay. He went all over. He was like a missionary in Guatemala for a while. Really? Just like, yeah, he just like would did would never have a job. Yeah. So he was like, well, what else can I do? He's like, I'll go preach Jesus over here. Yeah. And he never, you know, his lifestyle was never matched the right. preach. You know, it's it's so strange. Well, it I, I mean. That obviously is a whole hour dedicated to it sure, unto itself, sure, sure, of which sure. someone is practicing not what they preach. Sure. Yeah. Well, you, we know the oldest profession in the in the, in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. What's the oldest con? Ah, the oldest. Con. Wow. So, I don't know. I've don't never wanna... framed it like that. It is precisely, and we're implying here what the oldest con is. But the oldest yeah. con ever committed by man. That's very true. I, I you know, it totally works true. like works like a charm. Yeah. Still works Still today works. to this day. Great marketing model. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tax-free dollars, man. Yeah. It's a, it's it would, oh, I'm trying to nah, I'm not even going to get down that path. But so you so you and your two brothers, your mom head to San Francisco. Yeah. And about this when you were 3 or 4? Yeah. Yeah. What what was that experience like which is completely different than So we Arizona. moved into like yeah, like section 8 housing. I grew up in uh section 8 housing uh you know latchkey kid yeah. you know my brother's watching me basically it was you know like yeah i don't want to paint it no but see you probably it, made the best of it right because our reality is like you can be optimistic about it or you can be pessimistic well i had fun yeah, I had yeah a, exactly what's the swearing rule on this fucking dude just okay. yeah i had a shitload of fun we yeah. you know in order to live in the apartment complex i grew up in you had to have kids so i just walk out my door and there's kids 50 kids at no least kidding. to play with so yeah. Yeah, I was never really bored. Definitely got exposed to a lot of shit early that I wish I didn't. <laughs> Would you and now like I have drugs children and stuff. Or? Sure, drugs. Yeah. I remember my uh, <laughs> my cousin, her boyfriend. This guy, his name was Rudy. I remember I was probably eight years old, uh-huh. and my cousin was watching me, and she was maybe sixteen or something. And right. to get rid of me, right? Okay, so he could be with my sister. He gave me like his pipe. What? Yeah. Did did you know what to do with it? Not really. He just, he's telling me, he's like, yeah, he's like, I forget what he was saying. He's like, if you like scrape this a little bit, you'll get some resin. (laughs) And then you just, yeah, I'm like in the backyard, eight years old. I still remember that taste from a very young age. Uh, So stuff like that. I remember one time some guy, some kid had a porn movie on and all the kids were lined up looking at that. I was probably seven, you know, I mean, you know, that is think if you think about that like it happened a little bit later for me because we moved around a lot but people don't do that now because Absolutely the internet not. has changed it 
there was it, it, I, I don't know how to describe it and I don't know the best way to articulate it but there's something ritualistic in a in a healthy way God forbid I say this of dudes at a young age kind of understanding and like watching a porno sure there I, for I don't know why but it seems a lot more healthy and social and outgoing than it does to lock yourself into a bathroom and on your phone and yeah look, look at porn that way you know sure it's almost a rite of passage exactly exactly and in our we're in our like latchkey world at least yeah, in that for time sure. is, is uh yeah because you're gonna see it somewhere so is it gonna be with a group of people where you all can kind of at least ask questions and like go oh yeah right? totally or are you gonna just isolate yourself and learn nothing or, or and make just be so scared yeah but yeah look at my um, i have a son he's eight and i just think my god Oh, I am so different. Yeah, like you have no idea. Yeah. I remember we had a, uh, he like left his bike at the park one day mm. and uh, like, oh man, you left your bike at the park yesterday. Well, let's go over and look. Maybe it's there. Yeah. Boom. It's there. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. My neighborhood. I remember getting a bike for my birthday once and rode it to the store. Yeah gone dude same thing. left it outside after my huffy my red huffy yeah i had a white it was white and red it was yeah. like a white frame with little yeah i just red. went to buy some now and later if i remember gone. walked in the store gone. gone yeah and my mom's like i'm never buying you a bike exactly. again <laughs> yeah. my mom still brings it up He's yeah like, remember totally when you lost your bike? Yeah, remember when you got your bike still it's like i don't remember getting a chain or a yeah. lock with that bike what do you want me you know it's so funny just because it's different because you know you're out exploring i was out exploring at like what is the equivalent outside of Detroit of a Seven Eleven, and then I just leave the bike out and get stolen. And it's like, I don't know. That's a rite of passage too. There's all this kind of thing. I don't know. You, you, how else are you gonna learn that? Exactly. No one's yeah. gonna be like, and hey, make sure when you go to the store. You know, I'm. You're naive. That's the thing yeah. I, I realize is looking at my son too. Is even back then being exposed to so much shit, but still being so naive yeah right it's, it's this innocence mixed with this uh you know and it yeah i think that that paints who you are who you become as an adult which do you is, think do you think it makes you more mature like at, at an earlier age to be exposed to worldly things in i would think so yeah, yeah i would think so i i, I think it's a, a balance I, i'm seeing this now like with my own son is you know i wish it does make you more mature but the flip side of that is you you're not a kid as long yeah and i remember when we moved oh, yeah. here someone said beauty of austin is you, your kids get to stay kids longer yeah and it's true you know yeah. like so is that that's an that's really interesting because there's no rush to grow up here yeah. yeah i mean compared to places to, to a lot of other cities out yeah. there right no, that's like, a good point because it's safe here it's easy uh people are nice you know people are nice here, to you as a kid right sure. like where i grew up you know, your people treated you shitty as a kid, right? <laughs> yeah, so you had yeah. to like act mature, act sure. older. But here, it's like perfectly natural. Why? Yeah. Of course, you're a kid. You're. Do you think that maybe it stunts the maturity of people, like when they get into their late teens and things? Because it seems like could be I, sure. I, you know, you talk to somebody like, "How old are you? Twenty five? Like, whoa, really? I yeah, I could have sworn you were seventeen. Like, that's I, it's strange that that's changed too. That's yeah. why I think in San Francisco, I lived there for a few years. So I was, I work in advertising yeah. and, uh, and yeah, there it was like a city filled. And this is my thing. I'm, you know, I, unfortunately I rant too often about San Francisco. I know people love it, but they, it was like a bunch of 35 year old people uh -huh. all acting like they're 21. Like it's oh, the first time you've yeah, been to the yeah. bar, you know, yeah, I'm fucking yeah. wasted. Like you're 35, you, you know? You look place, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, because, and I always thought it was like, oh, because you guys have been like studying through high school and college. Yeah. Where I was like, uh -uh. you know, just straight to hanging out. The fun and stuff. part, yeah. So yeah, now you're getting to loosen up. You're yeah. 35 in your career and you're like, oh my God. It's almost like just a little bit too late. Some of us still look younger, so it's okay for us. But some of us look older sure. 35. Yeah. Like, for some reason, people in Austin look pretty young to me, but you've got like Dallas. They look older. older. Yeah, I don't know why that is. It could just be the healthiness and stuff, you know? Yeah, I had a friend who moved here about a year and a half ago, and him and his wife both just, like, dropped 20 pounds. They're like, I don't know wow. what it is. And I'm like, I, I, being... there's something here. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know if it's, a, if, it's a, if it's a fully, I mean, it's a healthier lifestyle, I know, but 
it's not this conscious like I moved to Austin, I start eating well. Right. Mm, no, you No, it's not. It's you just, just have more shit to do. I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. You know. But that's great for them. Shit. Totally, right? Yeah, like totally. you're not complaining, 20, are you? You know Give me those twenty pounds back. I'll yeah. eat those back, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Keep you your tacos, <laughs> yeah. give me back my pounds. <laughs> so you said you were only in San Francisco then for a couple years? Yeah, we lived there. Oh no. So my mom moved uh tried to get to San Francisco and got us and and then uh Back then, she always says this too. Like back then, you know, uh, uh, you know, rental properties could just deny you outright for having kids. That's so it's strange. Like in seventy, so this would be nineteen seventy six. Yeah, uh, yeah, deny you for having kids. So she's like, so I worked my way and all the way down the peninsula, and we ended up in this small town called not a small town. It's a suburb of San Jose. Yeah, called Campbell. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, that's cool. It's yeah. a little bit more mellow, a little bit more suburban, right? Sure. It was kind of like. Uh, Right on the other side of the mountains was Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. So it had this good vibe of kind of like, it was a lot like, it's a lot like Dazed and Confused. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. like this kind of like, uh, and, and w- with skateboarding. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah, like, that's good. That's good. Uh, so it had that. Less Aerosmith, of, more bad brains. <laughs> there was, yeah. And that's when it got good. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. Uh, and then, and then of course, you know, in the nineties and stuff, gangs and that. Shit was that not like do. a thing before the 90s well it kind of it went from I mean, like it's gotta be i always say something. like when i started high school it was like fast times yeah yeah and yeah. then by the time i got out like senior year it was like colors you oh, know shit well yeah, yeah. this is crap it was yeah yeah so. it's strange so what kind of trouble were you getting into in high school were you because you said you were talking you said you you know record music it looks like you play guitar and you sing and yeah, i grew up skateboarding yeah, yeah. i grew up oh, skateboarding right. and playing in bands uh, anything that did, did that ever become the thing that you had to do and that you wanted to tour and make a career of it? Yeah. Well, first skateboarding, well, I still, sure. to this day, the only thing that keeps me from skateboarding is, is the distillery and where I don't want to break my wrist yeah, and then I can't do work. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but, uh, but I still love skateboarding. It's, it's definitely in my heart. Uh, I do it as much as I can. Yeah. And then music wise. Yeah. I, I, touring and stuff was, was brilliant. It was great, but I recognized out there that, you know, it'll kill you. <laughs> it will kill it, it you. It can, man. Yeah. So, especially because, you know, so, so are we talking like mid 80s then when you'd be playing? No, that? by the time I was like touring in bands, it would be like, uh, you know, I don't know, 98. Oh, okay. To like oh, 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Different scene like then for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was after all the grunge and 90s yeah. stuff. When I was God, a kid, was... it was just local, local playing and yeah. stuff like that. But it uh, must have been a cool time though, then playing local in California. I mean, because that would have been at least like mid to late eighties. There's a lot of cool stuff. It was. It just was San Jose. It's just there's no culture there. Yeah. So San Jose. It's funny when I see all the cranes out around Austin. Mm. It reminds me a lot of San Jose as it was kind of building because it just boom exploded yeah. all of a sudden. But there's just no scene there. There was no there was no culture for them to preserve as yeah. they built. And so whatever there was there just got buried. So there was no way out. And I still know tons of people there that play in bands and stuff. And but you can't know where like, to go. Almost li- literally can't make it past the buildings. It's a yeah. interesting metaphor. It's and there's, you in there. there's no venues. I yeah. mean, that's the thing about Austin, the venue. It's, so many venues. I mean, yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Like growing up in the town where I played music, it was like six venues. That's it. Six. Yeah. In a, in a big town. Too. Yeah, There's totally. People in San Jose. And then if the one got big enough and was actually doing well, they would shut it down for some weird. Really? Yeah, it was just this so really strange. weird. Yeah, so uh so But so love the skateboarding, love the music. Mm-hmm. Did you have did you end up having aspirations for college and stuff when you were getting nah, out of high school? Nah, never. fuck it. Uh-uh. I got I was uh Yeah, I dropped out of my sophomore year. Oh, really? No, my junior year, then my senior year, then I saw my friends graduate and was like, you know, Kind of got jealous. I'm like, fuck that. You know, yeah. those dummies can't graduate and I'm not going to graduate. So I went back <laughs> for a fifth year. You graduated out of spite. He yeah. does that shit. <laughs> well, I tried to. I went back yeah. my fifth year. And that, you know, that's not fun. Yeah. Know? Like all the, all the, like the junior, the, the girls that were juniors when I was a senior, right? Mm-hmm. Are now seniors and like yeah. laughing at me for uh. still being there. But I took it very seriously. But no, you, you know, by that time, like I said, you know, that was around 90, 91. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting at my school. There was always fighting where I grew up, but is it got... Like a, is it like a the socioeconomic tension? Is it racial tension? Like, is it No, just... I think it was, yeah. It was just poor kids. Yeah. Poor latchkey kids. Got you it. know, aggressive, yeah. angry kids. Nothing, nothing to lose. Right. right. And yeah. so it's just like... And then, you know, and then towards the 90s, everyone's getting to be tough guys. You yeah. Know? Like, so anyway, 
I ended up getting kicked out of high school that fifth year for fighting. <laughs> Did and you win? Yeah, I'm just kidding. It was a one. It was a one punch fight. Oh yeah, one of the very few. I'm a small guy, so but yeah. <laughs> uh, so they kicked me right out. They were oh, like, shit. "You're out. Don't come back." I'm like, try to go to another high school. They wouldn't take me, and I wasn't a bad kid at all. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, but yeah. So so no aspirations for college or anything like that. I got into I I was working in you know, warehouses, driving forklifts, yeah, and yeah. doing all that stuff. And uh, I saw an ad for graphic design. I always drew as a kid and was really artistic or whatever, yeah. but there wasn't really an outlet. But then as websites and video games. Right, and, stuff, and being so close to Silicon Valley. Sure, so there was tons of opportunity yeah. there with with, uh, with that kind of stuff. So I went and took a little 18-month course at a place called... Uh, uh, Masters Institute, which then Masters went out of Institute? yeah, and then they that got a business. Real familiar, oh yeah. yeah, so uh, can you draw a rabbit? Well, then you're cut out to terrible, be the best. Yeah. yeah, but I was, you know, I took to Photoshop pretty well and just took that from there. You yeah, know? and that's the only kind of high, uh, you know, education, higher education. Yeah, yeah. which was it's ironic. It, it was not very high at all. <laughs> it was like a money grubbing. Is another con, you know. Sure, it's but, like, but come it, in. But interestingly enough, like it, it somehow catered to your talents and helped you get better and helped me and you out got, you got a gig right and took it from there yeah yeah um i was working in the warehouse at lockheed martin mm-hmm. and uh they found out that i was doing graphic design and they're like oh we have a graphic design department over here so they let me work half time oh, that's so great. i kind of eased that's in really cool yeah it yeah. really helped out the first job is typically the hardest sure. graphic design and stuff so so yeah that's what i did i kind of lucked into that and then my wife michelle uh you know She's uh my partner in the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. She she was another one. She got kicked out of high school. She was in like a really nice uh private school uh-huh. called Midi, which uh that, turns was, out where is that? Is that in California too? Yeah, that's in San Jose. But she got kicked out for having bad grades, but then later went to community college, did really well, and ended up getting like a gate scholarship full ride. Oh wow. Yeah, and then that's where I got to go because I would just go with her. Yeah. Like, she went to she she did her undergraduate at Berkeley, wow. and then she got uh, admitted to Cal. Except, no or, I'm sorry, not Cal, uh, Columbia. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm gonna go with you. You're okay? doing Is that pretty cool? good. Yeah, a, I'm gonna go with yeah. you. Yeah. So she has all the education. She's a you know Ivy League uh, scholar X Y Z. You know what I mean? But yeah. both of us came from you know um, getting kicked out of high school. That's crazy. Stuff, what, how old were you guys met? Uh, I was I was 24, I think. Yeah. Were you working at Lockheed then? I was. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I remember talking to the older guys, like the 30 year old dudes back then. The 30 about year old her. Dudes. Yeah. The, the <laughs> older guys for yeah. advice and stuff. Yeah. So I remember her. I remember very specifically working there and talking to her and stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah. So she worked there too. No, no I would just, just sneak just, phone calls uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, she. I, I think I had a pager back then. She would Dude. like page me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, ama- it's amazing. I've got we have these like 90s flashbacks. As it's great. Yeah. 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 It was a good. It was a good time, you know. Talk. Got into like a Marilyn Manson and Trent Reznor discussion in one of these conversations the other night. I was like, that was good. I hadn't talked about Marilyn Manson in his in his prime in a, a long time. You know. I mean, where's music gone since then, right? Oh. I mean, there's good like God, small stuff, but sure. the internet like it definitely exposes you to more. But then it's like paralysis by analysis yeah. right now no, i just great. go yeah. back into my records and listen to old stuff you know well, it's it's a great point and you know we kind of take a shift into like talking about marketing and stuff is that marketing has when marketing started conceptually the objective was i'm going to raise awareness about this brand for you and maybe you're interested and maybe you'll buy it we'd like you to buy it you want some tide here's some tide it keeps your clothes white but now since as you mentioned process which is a great word for it we're so super saturated in every single thing that it actually now creates a negative relationship with the brand immediately sure just the 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 sheer surface exposure to any brand it's like fuck that i don't want a jeep i tried (laughs) i was on like uh, ain't it cool news or something trying to look at a review of a movie this is like nerdy site like still 1990s design looks like it's from geocities or whatever it's really 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 old back to the 90s you know and i was like all right i want to click on this link and it kept pop this jeep it's like buy a jeep i was like god i don't want to and i went around moved through the ui 
Jeep. Like, stop popping up. I was getting so pissed. So I say every time now when I talk to somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about getting a car. I'm like, do not get a fucking Jeep. Don't get a Jeep. Yeah. Don't get a Jeep. Whatever you do. Yeah, it's like I I, I used to not care about you. Yeah. Now I have negative exactly. feelings towards I, it would, you. would have been way better to just have a nice kind of soft, just a real easy going, add maybe animation in the background, minimal real estate. Like, you're just kind of doing your thing. But so less intrusive, right? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is. And that's that's and that you know that brings me to why I wanted to get into this business. Yeah, you just after you know making ads for so many years, you realize, shit, I just want to make something that makes people happy for exactly. once. You know, like Without, I don't want to intrude on their lives. Yeah, exactly. Try to convince them to right, like spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to right, impress yeah. people they don't like. Yeah, it's it, it's Dude, hard to exactly. put that much time and effort into something that you know that that's all it is. That's right? the whole it's goal. This, it's this, 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 uh, you know, it's not even tangible. It's yeah. this fake reality that we drive home into people's heads. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really work. Where here, you know, you try to make a good product. It makes people happy. Yeah. And then you don't ram it down their fucking throats. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a great quote that from George Collin that he says, it's called an American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. <laughs> Isn't that fucking that. amazing? Yeah. And I was like, but that's, that's the thing. And like all this stuff and the, you know, we, we don't have, it's not like, it's not like we're intentionally trying to get into a deep philosophical conversation here, but some things are so ubiquitous. You can't just help, but pay a little bit of attention to this stuff that kind of happens. And so whiskey specifically is the true, and I'll say bourbon rise as well, but whiskey is one of the only things, one of the only art forms to come out of America that is truly American, even though we, you know, they borrowed some processes from the Scotch and stuff, but Scottish rather, but that's like, it's a pure thing that was made. People sweat over it. It spent time. It's in the seasons. It's moving back and forth, touching barrels in different ways. And then here it is to you. And it's a great feeling to be able to do that. So but so question, though, is what is it that drew you to rye whiskey, which is the nice little niche in whiskeys in general? Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, I started my whiskey adventures with scotch i yeah. I, I uh um what was your what was the first one that like opened your eyes up glenn levitt 18 yeah i just i i uh you know I, in advertising you know you go out a lot you sometimes the office you can't come up with ideas so you go to the bar right yeah, i yeah. would drink you know all, all kinds of different things but i started drinking uh this is a long time ago but i would drink vodka sodas uh-huh. a couple limes two limes All right but I'm just going through them yeah. in like three minutes. It's it's transactional. It's so all of, yeah, all of a sudden all, right? I'm yeah. like, you know, I can't, I don't, I didn't mean to be drunk. Yeah. I just wanted to have a drink. So I was like, well, you know what I should do? And what men do is <laughs> they drink fucking yes. scotch. What Lee Marvin does. And the second That's time right. I talked about Lee Marvin this week. So right? I, I went out specifically and got some scotch. And, uh, you know, the irony is I got it at Costco. You know, oh, at yeah, the end yeah. of the holidays, they have all those like boxes with glasses in them. Sure, or, sure. So there those was nice tons of those pack, for, yeah. yeah, for cheap, great deals. And the, I got a great deal on that Glenn Levitt 18 and just started drinking it, you yeah. know, and just over and over and over until I really loved it. Because you, you got to think about it. You can't, with a good spirit, the reason that it's good is because it involves you. That's why you can, f- that's why vodka is of no interest to me personally. It's like, what do you have to, what kind of thought, it's you just a vehicle. Have, it's, it's like a, a potato vehicle. chip, That's right? Exactly right. Just put yeah. salt on that thing. I just want the salt. Yeah. I don't really care about the potato. Exactly. Yeah. That is totally I, I right. Yeah. And so, what 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 were you trying to do, or what kinds of things were you trying to taste when you were drinking the Glen Levitt? Well, the first thing I did, you know, and uh, my wife really got me into uh, red wine. We were big, big time red wine fans yeah. for a long time, um, and just how it things open up, and you know that kind of stuff. I thought that was amazing, and I never knew whiskey to be like that until right. I started messing with it and pour a little water in, sure. smell it, and just smelling it constantly. Just smell it it's when like it's one this. one of the best parts. Put this in. Yeah, smell it, and it's like this. Go Take it outside and smell it. Take mm-hmm. it in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm joking, but it was just like seeing all the smells that develop and, mm-hmm. and open up and then the, how the flavors opened up, and that just like, that was it. That was it. Changed boom, it for you. Fish hook. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a complex thing, and like you said, now I'm involved. Yeah. And I actually, you know, and I'm not drinking this to to get wasted. I'm it's a drink- nice side effect. 
Right, yeah. Right? It's, yeah. If the night's going well enough, I might end up there. Yeah, and that's yeah. not so bad. But but then, yeah, after a while, I just, you know, that, that idea of whiskeys. And then I would try other scotches. And then, you know, I, I, I tried peated scotches. I wasn't a big fan of mm-hmm. too peaty. And that's when I kind of started trying different whiskeys, bourbons. And, right, right. Um, and I liked bourbon a lot. When I got to rye, though, it just, that was it. it just, Something about it, it. Yeah, it just clicked. It was like, that's what. That's what if I was gonna make a whiskey, or if 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 you told me everything about whiskey, and right. then I somehow was able to concoct something and give it back to you, but I what think you're... you're talking about this is it, really, right? Do you like the dryness and the spiciness? I of like it? the spiciness. Yeah, of it. I think you know, um, and this is just me. You know, that's the beauty of this business. It's all subjective. Sure, so we can have our opinions, well. You got to have your vision, right? Sure. I mean, because if you don't care, why should I care? Sure. Exactly. You know? I think bourbon to me, I love it. I love like we were talking earlier about yeah. some Elmer T. Lee. Oh yeah, I mean, it's wonderful. It's amazing. Stuff, but amazing. I, I, I don't I don't want my whiskey to be too sweet. Yeah. I just don't want it to be sweet. Yeah. That's not what I'm looking for in it. Right. I know a lot of people are and I know of course, you know, you can do the whole history lesson about how, you know, they sweetened it up for people's palates. But right, now right. I'm like, well, we were smarter than that, you know? Yeah. Um and I don't I don't want it to be too sweet. I also I do want it sometimes to be in a cocktail where I can add some sweetener. Sure, and that's the other Gives thing you is some that the control right you can absolutely. modify it, and that's what we try to do. You know, uh, with our rye is make it, you know, really push. What what is the difference between rye and a bourbon? So because here we are in America, right? yeah, we can talk about Scotch and Canadian whiskey and Irish whiskey, but here we are in America as bourbon and rye, uh, for me at least. Yeah. And, well, what is the difference, right? Are there subtle differences or should there be big differences? Right. And we're, we wanted to see the big difference. You know, if you look at like a cornbread mm-hmm. versus a rye bread. Oh, so that's a brilliant. Yeah. They're so far apart. So why would a bourbon and a rye be very similar at all? Right. right. Like, I don't want to make a sandwich out of my cornbread. I yeah. want to use my cornbread to sop up some chili, right? It's a completely different function. Yeah. And so that's kind of what what I loved about the first when I first started drinking rye, I love that difference, that spiciness. But do you, then, do you remember which which rye kind of introduced you into it? The first, I do remember. I don't remember the first rye, but I do remember one rye that really changed the way I looked at everything, and that mm-hmm. was the 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 uh, the uh, Tuttletown Hudson rye. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because yeah. it had not been aged for five years. It was like aged for one year right. or something. Oh, it's real punchy and spicier than normal. You know, the so that was a whole different taste experience, yeah. right? And to say, oh, well, shit, look at that. Yeah, yeah. That's completely different than than this rye I was tasting over here. And it's also a hundred percent rye, but it's a young one. And and then and then learning that, oh man, there, you know, it's kind of wide open a little bit here. There is still room to play. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, for years, or rye specifically, so much of it comes from MGP, right, mm-hmm. in Indiana. Oh, so so I can taste five different ryes one night, but it's all really the same shit. Right. And Which, you know, and that's something, and real quick, I, I keep thinking about this. Like, well, if someone was going to buy me a gift of a rye, I'd be like, just give me a rye that the guy, like, actually makes it. That's it, right? That's why I love Heaven Hill. That's why I love uh, Brown Foreman. Like, because those guys are make... There's something about that because like bullet ride to me just it just feels cheap, you know. I mean it tastes fine. I love the yeah. I I like it. I think the branding is amazing. Sure, right? through the roof. Yeah. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a home run. The Aja is killing it with it. And even though it's a ninety five percent mash bill of yeah. rye, there's a lot of rye in there. There's no corn, but yet there's a sweetness in it that just reminds me of bourbon. Mm-hmm. I might be crazy. You yeah. know, this is a subjective thing. I've sure. said this to some people and they, they don't agree with me, but I don't want it tasting like bourbon. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, and, yeah. and there's, and there's, and maybe one night I might, and there's plenty of that. Right? Sure. Sure. Um, or, or, but you're, can, but you're like saying, I've got this chance to express my vision in a way and I've, it's gotta be the way that I want it. And sure. You don't want it to taste like bourbon, which is totally fine. Right. And so what what can rye do? What yeah. if you go 100% rye and you don't use barley or wheat or any of these things to sweeten it? Because yeah. really, that's what we do. We put wheat in it or corn sure. to sweeten it, to yep. make the yep. flavor. So, well, that makes no sense to me. Why do I want to dampen down the strength yeah. of this grain? 
why am I making rye then? Yeah. And you know, like a lot of a lot of ryes are just check boxes next to the bourbon, right? Yeah, so yeah. I make a bourbon. Oh, what else is there, John? Oh, <laughs> Johnson. What else we make? Rye. Right. Oh, yeah, make some rye. <laughs> Let's make a corn wheat. Oh, uh, no, not today, John. Right. So, yeah. so what can you do? Don't make it a derivative of something else. And and you know, as we know historically it's not a derivative it came first it was its own thing for sure yeah so let's see what it does let's see what that grain can really pull off yeah, if yeah, you yeah. let it do its thing and so you know and and also there's already a bullet there's already a whistle pit there's already that it's like music right yeah yeah it, it's so funny the way we think of things even though they're subjective on one end here's music if there's a great band you know take a you know, ACDC. Mm -hmm. Don't let me hear another band sound like them. Yeah. I don't mind if someone takes a cue from them sure, or is sure. influenced, but do not be a derivative of that band. Yeah. Because now I don't like you. Yeah. But in whiskey, it's like, you know, you taste and you go, you know, people have, or some people, not right. all people, but a lot of people have this like, well, here's what the per perfect whiskey tastes like. Mm -hmm. Let's see where it lands on my scale of perfect whiskey. Right, right. We don't do that with music or art or, you know, what is the yeah. perfect painting? Yeah. What is the oh, perfect yeah, song? So Maybe because whiskey is a commodity. Now, I think it's an art, right? And that's why I collect this because I, I love the different expressions of it. And, course i've got favorites but it's all a type kind of it's not really like this specific brand but it's a commodity maybe that's the thing it's like you something you get you buy in a store and it's replicated exactly the same way whereas an album although when it's physically manufactured is that way the songs themselves are not that way sure you know so maybe we just i i think there's a huge problem in agave i think there's a huge problem in whiskey where people don't treat it like art and thusly they're just like you said they're just checking off the box i agree but the guys that are doing it right and that have a passion for it and have a vision for it, like you are doing with the rye, that's what elevates it and really finally makes me feel good about art, artisanship, not artisanal, but like artisanship and creativity existing and running through the threads of, of dis distilling and new companies. Because sure. that's like really, really important to me is to not lose it to the business. Don't ever lose the art because of the business. You got to have a balance. Well, and that's what I think, you know, uh, you know, Whiskey today, or maybe take away some of the craft movement, sure. but the big, big whiskey, right? I yeah. mean, you can't, how do you separate it from the money? I know. So there is none. So, know. you know, and not to indict anyone, but when we're told, this is what whiskey tastes like, this is how it's supposed to be done, this 53 gallon barrel, and yeah, this yeah, XXX, yeah. X, X, that's, you, you can't, you can't take the money factor out of those, that kind of, uh, you know, I'm just propaganda. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, this is this is what's cost effective for us. Therefore, we're going to tell you that that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, you have arguments over <clears throat> barrel sizes. Oh, so, sure, you know, if you take a we use 15 gallon barrels. So you take a 15 gallon barrel, compare that to a 53 and you say, well, 53 is the way it's done. It's just this yeah. is what makes good whiskey. OK, well. If a 53 makes great whiskey and a 15 is inferior, then why don't we do 200-gallon barrels? Right. Why don't we do 600-gallon barrels? Right? So yeah, where's yeah, the yeah. line at? Well, there's just you got you don't have a good cooper that uh, can make a 200. I've never sure. seen or a 200. Or who has the time? Yeah, who wants yeah, yeah. to wait for whiskey to sit yeah, in a 200-gallon exactly. barrel? So there's all those factors. Sure. But you have to, you know, if you're going to be a thinking man, then you have to add those things into the equation and then figure out what are we really what do we really know about whiskey? Yeah. And what do we really believe? And that's the other thing I think a, a lot like music as well is yeah. it's hard not to have an opinion on music yeah. or on these things, even if you're completely uninformed, right? Sure. Oh, I know. You see those, yeah. who is it? Uh, is it uh, Jimmy Kimmel does those things? Where oh, he right, sends right, out, right. Oh, have you heard, have you heard this band? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Because yeah. oh, people can't just go, no, I'm uncool. I don't. Yeah. And it's the same with whiskey. People can't just be like, you know what? I don't know shit about whiskey, but I like it. Yeah. People have to pretend or have to put this face forward that they know it yeah. and that they have opinions. And, and I, I think, man, I don't know if I've said this before. So I was just real briefly, I was at Austin Wine Merchant grabbing a couple of bottles I'd, I'd ordered and I was watching this young white blonde woman which only helps to give you to, to kind of cement this point <laughs> she's talking to one of the, the great staff over there about scotches and she's like oh yeah i you know i won't drink anything under eight years old 
right? And I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, you realize there's some fucking amazing stuff at three years, four years, cast drink, like all these different variations if you were to think in depth about whiskey. And the guy says, well, good for you. That's great. <laughs> it was the best response ever, man. That is so, the best response it, ever. Because so what do you polite. want me to say? Yeah, he was so polite and like so accommodating. And it, it, she just has just total rubbish for brains if she thinks yeah. it. Like, that's, Where'd you get that number? Yeah. You heard someone say that and right. you adopted it? Would that's you, what I think. Was it, a, was it a Michael Douglas movie? Was it, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> where do you get this this notion that this is the only way that things can be? Yeah. You know? It, I can't Eight imagine. Years, that's my cutoff. What is this? Seven and a half? Send out, it back, out. James. <laughs> so stupid. Dude, there's some oh, there are some amazing stuff in four years. I Incredible. Mean, I mean, bourbons are we don't yeah. age things. You know, that's sometimes and you know, I have my own opinions again. But yeah. you know, sometimes I trip out. People say like uh like for me, the ten year bullet. Yeah. I'm not into that. That's all right. If yeah. I'm gonna drink bullet bourbon, I'd prefer your younger stuff. It's yeah. better. Yeah. So these these random numbers and even and Scott or Scotch, who's been the most kind of hardcore about age yeah, oh yeah, yeah they're kind of stopping doing that yeah because they, they were like locked in this prison right they did it to stimulate sales then they stimulated sales and generated a shortage <laughs> and so now, <laughs> now it's like, just, uh we keep painted ourselves into a corner here folks how do we get past that you, you mind know? if i get oh it? no grab some more well actually Delicious. it's good good transition too so we are sipping the pikesville rye which is 110 proof it's from heaven hill and from my understanding it's basically six to eight year written house and oh, is that yeah, and it is just lovely. They definitely aged out a lot of that. That spice, but it's so the, rich. Written house, yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you think? This is amazing. It's this great. This is great. It? It's very incredibly smooth for 110 proof. It's I'm insane. Shocked. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is these bottles came into town. My dealer called me. He's like, "Have you heard of this this rye?" And I'm like, eh, "I hadn't heard much about it." But it's Heaven Hill. Love Heaven Hill. Give them a chance. You know, sure. They do, they do it the right. Do things the right right way. So I grabbed a couple bottles of it because he said, "Yeah, there's only like two, three cases in Austin or something." So, but it, was, it wasn't expensive, so I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll you know I'll grab a nice straight rye." And so ever since then, it won top five whiskeys of the year, the Jim Murray Whiskey Bible. And so now everybody's like, "Oh, now I've heard about it. I'm gonna." And I'm, I'm just like, "Yeah, now you'll never get yeah, one again. Now you get it, never get it again." So. That, yeah such a bummer that whole so you can't get elmer t lee anywhere yeah, anymore that, it's getting better that one's getting better because it hasn't developed the cult following like the other obviously van winkle stuff sure there. sure sure because you know if you know elmer t lee you're already ahead of the game in my opinion because it is just kind of just like under the it's like in the pocket like a lot of people don't but really i wonder are they are they purposefully holding it back or so right like it yeah it's hard to say i i, I don't know the story with that one right now but i do know that buffalo trace has had an immense boom in business and they just buffalo trace specifically that label is now in united airlines oh wow which is amazing for me because that's where i fly and i love that the buffalo trace is on there now which is fucking killer so but like let's talk about i haven't had a chance to try the rye and uh damn you for not yeah sorry sorry no. <laughs> no it's fine it's fine i'll make sure to get some i know they had some at drink wall i think i saw jessica post a picture of, of a bottle but what we talked about kind of why rye was the thing. Why rye, which is a good shirt. <laughs> why rye, you know. Uh, but did you really find yourself interested in distilling as well and fermenting and all these kinds well, of things? Well, that was the thing when I tasted that Hudson was like understanding all of a sudden, like, wait a minute. So you don't need, you know, especially being a, a scotch drinker at the right. time where I was kind of, you know, again, a, a young scotch drinker, probably a lot like your, your, your blonde friend, yeah. awesome white <laughs> merchant, you know, uh, you know, dating things and oh, the 18 year. Right, and right. The, this is a good one for a 10 year. I remember saying yeah, stupid oh, shit nice. like that. This is pretty good for being 10 years. Old. I didn't even know what I was talking <laughs> about, but, uh, but seeing this whiskey, like, wow. This is, I didn't even know it was possible. Yeah. You can do this in less than a year. And, you know, I, I don't think that that, you know, was a mind-blowing whiskey. Yeah. I'll say that. But the fact that, it, it, you know, it's kind of like the four-minute mile, right? Yeah, impossible. Yeah, and then yeah. someone does it, and it's like, now we can experiment here. Yeah. And that's that that kind of opened it. The idea was like, oh, my God, like, people can do this. Yeah. People can do this. Not just these big conglomerate companies. Dude, dudes can do it. Dudes can do this. Yeah, normal and the, guys. The, the, the craft brewing movement was already booming and doing, doing its it. thing. Yeah. And who opens a winery, right? Like, yeah, who's got oh, money man, to no do kidding. that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow, man. I remember uh, there's a really good beer and, you know, it's probably 
pretty cliche to say now. I don't know, maybe, but in uh, California, Russian River makes Pliny the Elder. I've heard of it, yeah, yeah. Pliny the Elder. At the time, this is maybe six, seven years ago or something, was just shockingly amazing. Yeah. This beer, it was like, you know, it's kind of like uh, nowadays, I'd say it's very similar to a... Uh, um, a lost gold yeah, okay. IPA, uh-huh. which was harder to find very good IPAs mm-hmm. that long ago. Or I won't even say it was hard to find. <clears throat> I don't think people were making them that well right. at the time. But anyway, <clears throat> and they, they Pliny the Elder had a chance to be in uh, in big packaging stores, but yeah. because they couldn't get it. They said no, right? They, were they the say, ones you, like... if you can't guarantee that you keep this cold... No way we'll do it. Yeah. And I just, you know, with my kind of skateboarding and heavy metal background, I'm just like, fuck yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, like these guys make a product that is super good. Yeah. It's very obscure. It's hard to get a hold of. They mm. didn't make a lot of it. And when they had the chance to go big, they put their middle finger up. Yeah. I just thought that that is incredible. And I always said to myself, I that's what I wish I would have done with my life. Is just be able to create one product yeah. and do it, and then so when this when I started realizing that this craft whiskey movement was legitimate, and of course you know, just because you use a small barrel, that's not the trick, right? Like, oh, the, it's, dude, a lot oh, of people yeah, make you horrible just, whiskey in small barrels. There are lots of people that make horrible so, whiskey in small barrels, yeah. But it opened up the the possibility, and yeah. from there we well, just because scale looking. changes. Then you're like, oh well, I don't have to stock. I don't have a have to have a rick house that has four floors and has thousands of barrels in each floor. I can do this in a more meaning manageable bite bite size kind of way. Our place is fifteen hundred square foot. See, I don't know our, how big yeah, yours is. Well, we just expanded it, but yeah, dude, it's, it was like a thousand square feet, and then yeah. we got another got thousand. It's it's accessible, and then they changed the <clears throat> cost of permits. All of a sudden, oh, it's did? like yeah, that's what opened up when as far as I know. Um, I want to say, I don't know, maybe eight nine years oh, ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so you know, because before, I mean, who was making craft spirits, right? No, like maybe yeah. Tito and yeah, and Paula. That's probably think about it. Yeah. So, just knowing that that was a possibility, then you so know, the 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 financial obstacle is lessened, in other words, and so like your cost of entry is finally like, oh, maybe. This is feasible now. Right. You yeah. don't have to be, you know, a, a million billionaire yeah. to make a, you know, a couple million. And uh, yeah, you know, being in advertising, constantly being away from my family, that was really dragging. I knew I needed to do something else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was weird. You're just one, one night just sitting there thinking like, you know, I just said to my wife, you know what we should do is we should just make rye whiskey in Austin. Like, why is there no whiskey here in Austin? Yeah. And why is there no rye whiskey here in Austin? Well, there's that's crazy. In quotes, whiskey in Austin, but no one's making whiskey in Austin. Sure. I mean, well, Daniel's out in Trio. Now they're doing. But it. he was they in weren't. Austin for a while. Yeah. Sure. So, sure. Sure. But we didn't. We were so naive at that time. We didn't even know. You yeah. Know? Like uh, we knew about. And we, you know, first thing we did, shot out to Garrison's place, checked them out, mm-hmm. um, checked out Balconies, went out to Kentucky. You know, just started. Le- you know, just started the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and yeah, that, that was a whole story. We really thought, <clears throat> this is funny. We really thought, you know what we can do is we can just make it in our garage and go like sell it at the, uh, the, the <laughs> farmer's market. Godspeed, sir. Godspeed. <laughs> Before but again, you get locked away for that shit. naive yeah. can sometimes be the proper motivate. Cause if you would have been like, I'm like, what we should do is make rye whiskey. And then someone comes in and goes, well, what you're going to need is X, Y. And I'll be like, ah, you know what? Right. I'm yeah, good. yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But the naive that our naivete kept us moving. And by the time we've learned all the, you know, big, big hurdles, we we're already knee deep. We yeah. just kept going. We, so we believed in the idea, you know, and too, uh, too, too forward or too far down the path to look back. Can't right? turn yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly. It's like when, you know, uh, there's an old joke about a guy swimming halfway, you know, as like an old whatever. I'm Irish, so I'll say it was an old Irish joke. <laughs> a limerick. A guy, yeah. How dumb are Irish people? A guy tried to, you know, swim across the uh, the whatever, some sea or something, got halfway and got uh-huh. tired and turned back. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're halfway, just, just keep, keep going. Just keep going, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, it's kind of a, a sense of optimism, too, taking you forward in that. So when did you guys get your permit? What year? Man, when did we get our permit? I want to say close to... A year ago. Oh, cool. I guess it was about a year ago. Um, we moved into our space, yeah, last October. Mm-hmm. 
No, so it must have been sooner than that because we moved in our space. As you know, you got to get your space. Yeah. Get your permit. They got to say, yeah, you got a space. Are we okay with the space? Okay. All yeah. Right. We'll get and you as you permit, know, yeah. being in Travis County, and I, yeah. I remember going, hey, hey, what would I need to do to pass the uh, fire codes here? I don't know. Go build it, and then we'll come check it out. Yeah, I was dude. like, no thanks. <laughs> I'm going to Drew. Yeah, let's freeze. do that. Let's, yeah. let's mess with Oh, that over. sounds good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why so didn't strange. I think of that? Yeah. So It's, a, it's strange, man. And uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens with that long term, but but so you get the the permit, you, you guys are almost there a year out now, which is really great. And when did the product officially launch? It was just within the past couple months. Right? October. October. They picked yeah. up their first shipment from us on October fifth. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so kind of got into this first stores, you know, maybe less than a week later or yeah. something. So it's been a little over two months, maybe or. Something like that. Something like that. And it's Cooper Family Rye. Cooper Family Rye. And you did the design, I'm sure. I did. Yeah. yeah. I did the the the, the, the bottle the label like, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Designed the whole thing. Luckily, you know, I I from my my career in advertising and branding, I yeah. get to bring that over. Which yeah, is it's nice. good. It looks really good. Thank you. Because it, a lot of people, it doesn't look good. <laughs> so it's a tough thing, right? It, like, the, yeah, it is. So many people are like. I mean, the amount of things you have to learn and be proficient at oh, to do man. this business is TTB crazy, right? online? Jesus. All of it. It's yeah, insane. I have been on there today yeah. to getting some colas registered again. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, so what's the family of products look like right now? So you've got the... The family rye. It's a straight One rye. product, yep. And it's 100% rye mash bill? Mash from 100% rye. It's uh, 80 proof. Um, and we're just about out of batch one. Cool. And we've, uh, we're Do you know what uh, how many gallons you guys had for batch one? Uh, going into bottles, yeah. I'd say it was roughly one hundred and eighty oh, gallons. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. So yeah. pretty small batches. Um, our first, yeah, our first run was eleven hundred bottles, and then we just bottled up batch two. So, uh, but yeah, one product right now. We're not gonna. We're sticking to rye. Yeah. Rye, one hundred percent, no matter what. So straight rye. rye. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll probably, uh, I think, you know, it's in the works for us to do a cast strength. Cool. You know, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, getting some uh, labels printed up and yeah. doing some different things. So we'll do that because, you know, we, we did come out at a lower proof. We, I, You know, me typically, like, you know, I have two kids. So when I do get to go out and have some cocktails and uh-huh. some whiskeys, I want as many as freaking possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> It's been bunched up. Like, you got to get, yeah. get it out of your system. I can't drink, you know bookers all night because yeah, i can have yeah. two and then i gotta go home i don't want to feel like shit tomorrow right, right. so so i like the idea of a lower proof so i can enjoy those get as many of them as i can into me <clears throat> and then yeah i think uh the cast strength will be nice it, it really does come out of the barrels really it's nice not to add anything yeah. once it comes out Something, it's spent uh, all that time in there just perfecting yeah about it, right? so i'm looking forward to that we'll also do a uh uh, a rye liqueur probably next next year during the holidays yeah yeah but just a really simple we just you know kind of uh mix <clears throat> our rye with some some maple syrup yeah just bring down the proof a little bit add yeah. some sweetener and some some uh some viscosity to it for sure it's a really nice little liqueur but yeah it'll all kind of stem right around the rye you know yeah we, we just which is good it seems that. like the central theme it seems where your heart is at yeah and that's well. what we feel like if you know you got to be passionate about it you got to know why you're doing what you're doing you yeah. know what i mean and so what, it, what kind of expectations do you have financially i don't know you know i would i would i think you know again you know the naivete in me says and it might not be but we want to stay in texas yeah. like texas is good enough for us like i don't think we need to spread ourselves too thin going out there if we can service texans we'll be happy financially man if i could you know if we could buy ourselves a little you know, a couple acres. Yeah. Get ourselves a nice little cabin and just be around nature a little bit more. That's that's, that's awesome that for us. You know. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. How's that? Have people responded to the rye so far? Since it's, it's doing, so new, you know, it's doing really good. We feel like. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. You know, you uh, you know, as you know quite well, you kind of just keep your fingers crossed. And you, you, <sighs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's hard. You know, no one's gonna look at you in the face and be like, "This stuff's crap." Yeah. So everyone says it's good. Everyone likes it, but really, there there are some indicators that that it's good. You know, the the shipments are coming quicker and yeah, quicker yeah, and quicker. Yeah. Um, we've we've uh, we're we're doing well in some some of the key bars that we kind of targeted as like any that you that you particularly like to venture out to that, that are carrying. Oh yeah, like uh, the ones right now, the big ones, the influential ones that we really pushed for 
like the black heart was the first sure. to carry Jerry's us a great dude absolutely yeah. and proof and cooper along with yeah, that yeah, cool um the oh yeah he's that, he was one that, that posted that picture yeah. actually yeah yeah one of the pictures i've seen so the weather up uh the drink well to tigris yeah the driscoll driscoll very cool um and 416 is a nice little bar and grill on yeah, Burnett that, cool. that makes really nice cocktails. Yeah, they're uh, really good. Dustin? Is that the same yeah, guy? Dustin, yeah, Dustin. Heavy Metal Dustin. Yeah, that's what I've I call never him. met him, but he's, oh, he's like awesome. a cool, cool guy. Yeah. He's totally, he's just an old metal dude from Austin. He's been in metal bands and he likes to light fires when he's bartending <laughs> and stuff. It's a great, yeah, go out there if you if you get a chance. Yeah, I'm uh, check it out. Make a lot of nice cocktails out there. Um, so yeah, we tried to, you know, again, it's just my wife and I, Yeah. so we don't have, you know, and as you know, you got to make it, you got to put it in the bottles, you got to go sell it, you got to do the tastings, you got to do everything. Do everything social out there. Sell, yeah, it's a lot. So, yeah, and the social media. So yeah. we tried to, uh, instead of just going crazy and just shotgun technique across Austin, we just mm. figured, well, let's go to the the bars that we feel are very influential. Another yeah. one like the East Side Showroom. Sure, sure. Like these places that are constantly churning out either great whiskey or mm-hmm. great cocktails. Yeah. All right. and, and great talent too. Like all these places. Absolutely. Because the, the industry, how do, how do you feel about, are you what, what we would say like accepted into the industry yet? Do you feel like you've got good, building good relationships and everybody's kind of really being communal? I feel like it's sometimes, I, 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 I yes. But there's also, you know, some head scratchers every once in a while, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, there, there definitely seems to be a, a, a small contingent of places that maybe, and this is just me and my yeah, opinion, yeah, yeah. but m- might wish they were in another place other than Texas. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that Texas is too small for them or it's just like a little too, uh, lowbrow yeah. like i'd rather you know this is a place too to, too good for this place yeah it's know. not new york or la right. or fucking you know so. you know and you know how many people that work here from new york you know that got great skills out there and brought it here and then evolved it absolutely you know? and and are contributing now to this town and the know? national narrative of cocktails yeah. and stuff which is, is brilliant i just heard on the way over here that yeah officially now austin is the booziest city in america no kidding yeah how do you measure that you know is it just like I, know, I think you could literally go check uh sales records? Yeah, right? so that's true. You just for check sure. sales records. Like, and we're really healthy and boozy. That's great. That's why Austin's great. And and it's it's Austin is like the town of yin and yang, right? Yeah. It's like I get to have this city life, but I also want to pop over the green belt and just yeah, hike exactly. a little bit. And that idea of like, yeah, it's great for adults, great for kids, yeah. great for nature, great for city. Yeah, I mean there's nothing like this town. There's just nothing like it. I I mean yeah. I've, I've I've been lucky enough or unlucky enough to live in some some cities and uh this is an eye opener. It's kinda like rye whiskey. It's yeah. like, my God, I didn't know it can be this good. You and those are those I mean? kind of moments, right? The the game changers for our lives and the, Absolutely. the paths never the same after that. Well, I mean, you, you you talked about coming from Detroit, right? I mean, yeah, how different like, is it from Detroit? That was in the eighties too, man. So oh, <laughs> shit. I think it's more Robocop post apocalyptic now than, than it was then. I think it was there was still an automotive industry then. So people still there was some money flowing through. Yeah. But since that kind of dissolved, it's been terrible. I was there recently, I did and I went, I had a day off, so I went to uh the Motown Studio oh, A. Cool. That was like a religious experience. That's amazing. I've been yeah. to like, you know, Muscle Shoals, I've been to um, you know, Memphis, I've done all, yeah, I try yeah, to go yeah. to all the studios and stuff, but not, nothing like studio a, I can't imagine. It's I've never been. Yeah. It's, I would love to go. It's a, it's a religious experience. They kind of make you sing. They're like, no one comes in here and doesn't sing. Oh, it's amazing. They got this hole in the ceiling. So they teach you about like, uh, reverb, natural yeah, reverb yeah, and yeah. stuff. They'll be like, sing into the hole. And you get, everyone gets around the tour guy and she's clapping. Oh, you sing like, uh, you know, uh, ain't too proud to beg there we go yeah yeah you sing some ain't too proud to beg and uh but anyway yeah so but right behind there yeah it looks like beirut it's insane right it's pummel just rubble yeah i went to a a place to eat for lunch it was just like a simple little like uh shawarma place or something Mm -hmm. and they had a dude a, a security guard there he was like in full tactical swat gear 
Wow. It's, like, it's an eye-opener. Yeah. It is like RoboCop. It is like RoboCop. That's the irony is they bring a RoboCop statue <laughs> in. Like somehow it's just like an homage to RoboCop. No, it's an homage yeah. to the future. That movie is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, it's a wonderful movie. I love it. But, but what I love about Detroit is the music. And the, I mean, yeah. it doesn't get the credit for the music. And maybe in it does the, in the 60s and 70s you mean? all of it like all mean, the you, when you stuff? go back from those guys yeah but the stooges yeah the oh MC that's right that's right yeah wayne kramer and then you talk about uh isn't death no death's not from detroit are they they who? they were they the band death they were like oh a, no death was from they detroit. Are, right yeah so you got the beginnings of punk rock in detroit because yeah. even like what was mc5 and the stooges doing that's kind of punk, punk rock, rock. Back they started the- it yeah so Inspired that's all out of Detroit. Thing. Yeah. The Motown sound comes out of Detroit, right? Yeah. Uh, then you have, you know, of course, Kid Rock, right? Oh, no, of I'm course. With you. <laughs> have you heard of a Proto Martyr? No. Those guys are amazing, and they're from Detroit. Well, with the White Stripes? I mean, oh, that's right. That You talk about, you know, music back in the 90s and, like, what happened. Like, it's like the White Stripes are the last yeah. great rock and roll band. Yeah, I don't know if there'll ever be another one. The way that it's the whole music industry works now, and I, I mean, I, I feel like you know, I think Queens of the Stone Age is still a sure. vestige. You know, Absolutely. I, I, I love Queens. Of Absolutely, Stone Age. Um, I think the Foo Fighters are still a vestige. They've got. I love Dave. I'll always love Dave. There's, I mean, the guy's a saint to me musically. Even though some of the records that kind of get weaker, maybe. As, but as, as far as a as a as a as a figurehead, yeah, you can't beat that guy, right? Yeah, like, yeah. his philosophies and he keep he keeps it. Uh, he keeps it real. Or yeah, he does. But Queens, yeah, I mean, Queens of Sony changed my life. That fir- the first album that yeah. a lot of people didn't hear, that changed my life, man. I mean, yeah, what is it? So no, it's called Queens of the Stone it's Age. Still self-titled, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, hearing the first two songs on that, I remember going in a record store and getting the, the little play. You get uh-huh. the headphones and listen. Yeah, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I just listened to it because of the and I, I, you know. I was a fan of Caius before that, sure, but I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know the new, that they had I switched didn't know that over. Josh was in. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. But yeah, that's a great band. And that's a great. really good band. I got to see them on their first tour. Oh, really? In small clubs and oh, stuff. Oh, wow. That was mind blowing. I mean, they had that. I forget the guy's name, but playing a lap steel. Uh, yeah, it was probably know. a pedal steel. It, it was loud. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing good. rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, so it's still there. It's still it's still out there. And But the thing is, is like. It, we don't look for crazy sons of bitches to be our rock stars anymore. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie Dig? Or, or about are you familiar Brian with Jones Brian Jones Town yeah. yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. That guy Anton, you should check it out. If you like good. anyone who likes music should check that movie out. Yeah. It's great. But that, the lead singer of Brian Jones Town Massacre is a is 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 he's a fucking lunatic. He's a lunatic. He's yeah. out of his mind crazy. <laughs> And you know they fight on stage. Yep. They just can't do a thing. And right. You hear when they stole Stevie Ray's guitar from <laughs> no. during South by Southwest? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they stole it from Hard Rock Cafe. I hear. Yeah, it see what I mean? Amazing. If yeah. it was the seventies, that guy would be Hugh Monk. Sure. That's a rock star, right? Yeah. But yeah, now yeah. we go. That guy's fucking crazy. And we're trying to do business here. We're and trying to sell dollars. A lot of units, yeah. man. We're, we can't move units when the yeah. guy can't do a show. Where before in the seventies, people it was, that's people what it was wanted about. our uh, expression, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I feel like where we're headed with this, and and why you just can't find those great bands because even some of the the better, more popular mainstream bands that I like, maybe Arctic Monkeys or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they maybe, and I don't mean to. It got sterile though. It's just it's there's no more. there's it's vanilla. Yeah. There's no edge on any of this yeah. stuff, right? Like compared to I mean kids like John Bonham or. Keith Moon, you know, yeah. like these guys were animals. Yeah. And that's good, it right? Is good. Like we need that. Yeah. The, and to bring it back, I think that it's very analogous to whiskey specifically. I agree. You because it, it just fall in line. Yeah. Get in line. And, uh, you know, this is what, especially now you talked about auto tune in our previous yeah. conversation, <laughs> but it's like that. It's like, here's the formula. Stick to the fucking formula. Right. No man. But how, how do things get changed if you stick to the formula? Like DJ Shadow, I was just reading something about DJ Shadow today, and he he posted this. He said, "Yeah, the guy, the the people that were at the helms of the the record industry said that I never belonged." And he said, "That's why I'm still here." And I was like, "It's perfect, genius." Yeah, it's exactly right. And there's those change. people that can catch that grassroots. Yeah, right? that's undeniable. Right. right, and that's the thing. And it, 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 what. 
but it's hard. It's hard. How it do you is. get out there? DJ Shadow played his ass off. He yeah. went out and played live and just just made it happen. He was right? obsessed with the details, and he's got just like an academic memory of music. And and, and he lived in Davis. I don't know if you've sure. ever been there, but uh, there's uh, no. ain't nothing there to do. So he had plenty <laughs> of time on his hands. But you know, uh, yeah, it's time, right? That's the thing is that it's kind of up to you. It's kind of up to me to change the narrative and subvert the boring established industry. Well, you look at going to be great products like the, like Diageo puts out and be absolutely, but that doesn't mean that we can't change it. That's right. You know, and like, like for me, rye whiskey, why in the world don't we push, just take the hardest right turn, just an immediate right turn towards make it taste as much like rye as possible. You know, like just, just, you know, forget, if there's already bottles that taste like XYZ on the shelf, yeah. stop making XYZ. Yeah. They're already there. And that's like Let music. Yeah. Yeah. Music sure. or any other subjective thing. You, it, it doesn't matter if you are second or third. It matters if you're first. Yeah. Right. Do it first. Um, but to go back a little bit, you know, we talked about, you brought up Dave Grohl, but I love his quote on, uh, I think it was him who quoted on, uh, on American Idol. Oh, like, yeah. These people yeah. say they just want to make music. You don't want to fucking make no, music. You want to be famous. Be famous. Yeah. So if you want to make music, you'd be in your bedroom right now yep. picking out a guitar or a violin or in making music. Band, driving around, playing playing shows at all costs. And that's why DJ Shadow was able to buck that trend because yep. he, wa- he wanted to make music. And yeah. he did, right? Versus these people that just want a record deal or, you know. That's the thing, man. I mean, when, when I played in bands and toured around and stuff that was that was the reward yeah. you know what i mean well that's the it's no surprise that when you look at a lot of the new labels of whiskey coming out of texas it's just simply the, the cash grab and i think that you guys i can tell it's from coming from the right place oh i appreciate that. and i can't wait to taste it and it's gonna be real soon probably this week i'll yeah I'll get i'm to the jackass for not <laughs> it's sorry fine. it's fine man i think everybody's gonna be really excited to to, to hear about you and to hear about the rye and i think we'll all be anticipating some other stuff from me too so that cast strength something to look forward to yeah totally so cool but thanks for chatting with me troy appreciate absolutely it, thanks for the pikesville delicious straight rye my amazing my pleasure <laughs> well there we have it everybody troy cooper from cooper family rye i've got to tell you that going into some of these interviews these conversations you know i never know what to expect i never know what kinds of things we're going to talk about we started off talking about World War II and Russia and bullets. And then we ended up talking about Brian Jonestown Massacre. These are things I haven't talked about for years, but it was amazing. In a sense, like catching up with Troy, like we'd known each other for a really long time. So I'm excited what he's doing out there in Dripping Springs with the Cooper family rye. And I can definitely tell you that it's a wonderful rye. And it's got exactly the pop that you want neat for a spirit or an or in a cocktail. Either way. But I can't wait that cask strength rye and i hope i can see more stuff coming out of dripping springs and more stuff coming out of the cooper family so thanks again everybody we're close to christmas we've got christmas here at the end of the week and i think this episode will find you just after you've received all your lovely gifts so please enjoy the time with your family stay safe and keep dancing